Now warm me up with something. You can stand if you like.
even though we got you, Lord. We want to hear it from you. We worship you in this house. We worship you in this house. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just worship in church. You know how to worship him, he's your God. Come on. Lord, we worship you in this house.
love you. Blessed be your name. And Lord, we know that you love us. And Lord, thank you so much that you speak to us. Salvation, 
hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. You know, the size of your receiving tells how much of God's benefits you can receive at one time. So his benefits are all there. It's based on how open we've opened our hearts to receive his benefits. That makes it work faster or slower for us. If God doesn't force his way in, he has to be welcomed in. He'll knock at the door, but we've got to open it. So today, um, we're having a thing called uh, Cover Our Schools in Prayer. And uh, we're going to be going to all the schools of Palmyra after service. Um, If you'd like to join... uh, you can uh, um, follow these uh, leaders. Nadine is going to be at North Side. If you guys stand up, please. Um, Pastor Tony is going to be at Lingle School. Uh, Lisa is going to be at Pine. Uh, Donnie is going to be at Forge. Melissa is going to be at the Middle School. And Pastor Nelson is going to be at the High School. Alright? And uh, they're just going to go there and pray, and we're going to pray over the schools. It's the day before school starts. Amen. How many know our schools need our prayers? Amen. Right? So if you're a teacher, I want you to stand. Or if you work in a school, keep, keep, you guys keep standing. And if you work in a school, stand. Uh, and if you're a student, I want you to stand. All the students, stand. And then whether you're in, it doesn't matter what kind of school. Right? Yeah, you're, you're working on your doctrine. <laughs> Amen? And uh, there has never been a greater time to let the light of God shine. Amen? Amen? You're going to go there, and you're going to be bright lights. And you're going to let your light shine. So Heavenly Father, we pray over our team that's going to yeah. be going and praying, and all the people who will be joining them. Father, we pray for all of our students and our teachers and all those involved in the school in any way, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that you have empowered them with your glory and your might. And you give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your son, Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that they walk in their anointing, they walk in their gift, Father, and they are carriers of your goodness. And Lord, they're going to be lights, and they're going to shine in the darkness, and they're going to point people to Jesus through their actions and through their words, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for protecting these in the name of Jesus as they go, Lord. And we give you thanks and praise that they are overcomers, By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that you are being introduced into our schools in the name of Jesus. Lord, you are finding your way. Your your wind is blowing through the halls and the classrooms and the offices, Father. And you are transforming in the name of Jesus. Bless each and every person involved in the school this year in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah.
And uh, also, um, the the youth are going to be part of a, a, a Zoom meeting tonight. It's kind of a, a meeting from camp, and they're going to do a Zoom meeting. So if you, you can see Pastor Tony if you want more information about that. And uh, hallelujah. And uh, we also want to encourage you to share our services on Facebook and all kinds of media. Just get it out there. On our website. On our website. Amen. And our podcast. Yeah, we've got lots of things going on. Praise God. Um, Next week is an important week. We're going to have our first special guest of the year. (laughs) And we're going to have Stephen Beverly Hoffman. And they're going to come and minister the Word of God to you next week. Uh, Steve is, they're, they're missionaries. Uh, they have been to Uganda and India. Steve went with me to Kenya. And uh, they're just going to be great. They're also board members of our church. And uh, I want you to uh, get ready for them next week, all right, as they come and uh, give the word. And also, I want you to prepare a special offering. Amen? And because uh, we're in the business of blessing people, aren't we? And uh, you guys have been awesome. Our guests have been super blessed. And uh, so you can uh, give a special offering next week for the Hoffmans for their ministry, as well as your regular times and offerings. So they're going to be with us uh, next week. And uh, praise God, I think that is everything. Also, we still have um, CDs and DVDs. We have probably more than 30 uh, of Brother Hagen, of Pastor Hagen, of Rama, We have some from Andrew Womack. And they're in the bookstore. And if you ever wanted to check them out and listen to them, that's available to you. Amen? And uh, it's a privilege to be able to share um, what was put into me into you. And uh, we get a new one every month. And so uh, that's available to you. Amen? All right. Before we dismiss the kids... I'd like for you to turn to, uh, I can get this open here, uh, 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. And I just want to give you a brief word of encouragement. Amen? Amen. When you need a miracle and you get God involved, He'll hook you up with provision. Yes. And, uh, you know, God uses people to bless people. You know, he doesn't rain money from heaven because he's not a counterfeiter. Right? He uses what's already here on earth to meet your needs according to his riches and glory and to put you over. And there's a story here in 1 Kings chapter 17, starting with verse 8. It's the story of a widow who needed a miracle, and a prophet who needed provision. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, How many know the word's got something to say? Arise and go to Zarephath, belonging to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I want you to notice this. I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. So God was setting something up with Elijah. The brook that he was drinking from dried up. 
Why would God lead you to something to, and have a dry Because the brook's not his source. Say, God's my source. And uh, so, what did Elijah do? He listened to the word. He arose and went to Zarephath. And he stood at the gate. And behold, a widow woman was gathering. Does that qualify? Does that line up with the word? Because God said, I've commanded a widow to take care of you. So he's at the gate. He says, a widow. This must be the widow that God assigned to me. Right? So she was gathering sticks. And he called her. And said, bring me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel. Now, do you know what's happening during this time? There's a famine. There's a drought. And it was caused by Elijah. This drought went on for three and a half years. I don't know how long they were into. Ever say a drought? drought. And he's asking for water. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Okay? So he said, bring me, I pray thee, a little water. Verse 11. As she was going to bring it. So she's responding to the prophet's words. Okay? She didn't argue about it. She's going to get the water and bring it to him. She didn't even ask, who are you? Now she's a widow gathering sticks. Think about that. And then he called her and said, bring me, I pray, a morsel of bread in your hand. Listen, fella, we're in a famine. You're pushing it a little bit. Didn't say that. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have not a cake, but a handful of... Remember, say a handful. That's a handful. Probably smaller than my hands. I mean, I could get some stuff in these hands, but her hands were probably smaller. I only have a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil in a cruise, and behold, I'm gathering sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. We're about to have our last meal. We're going to have our death celebration meal. Think about that. She has only a little flour, and that's enough to make something for her and her son, and then they're going to eat it and die. Well, that's kind of grim, isn't it? Say, God's about to do something. Miraculous. And Elijah said to her, fear not. How many know, if you want to have a miracle, you've got to overcome fear. Fear not. Go and do as you have said, but make me a cake. What? I must say first. You know, you've got to put God's things first. Okay? And bring it to me. And afterward, make a cake for you. And you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have enough for two. You're three. But Elijah said, make me a cake first and then make one for you and your son. Does Elijah got some inside information? Yes, he does. For thus says the Lord, he's about to speak provision to her. Of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste. In other words, it's not going to run out. 
Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until that day the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Verse 15, And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat what? Many days. God took one day and made it many days. He took one little meal and made it many cakes. Amen? That's because she put God first. So when you're giving today, as you give online, as you give in person, as you send it in, bring it in, however you want to do it, send it by carrier pigeon. (laughs) Father, I just thank you so much for the privilege and the opportunity to give into your work, into your kingdom. And Lord, I thank you that your blessing, your empowerment, your divine enablement rests on our gifts. Lord, and you multiply them and you take care of us in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. You can give any time during the service today. Amen. All right, kids. Kids life. Kids living in faith every day. We got some faith-filled kids. Amen. Go and experience the power of God, the love of God, the grace of God. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Woo, it's an exciting morning. I've just pulled this message from the crock pot. As it simmered in the pot all day long yesterday. We had a great men's meeting. For those guys that were there, uh, we, we aligned their conduct. All right. And this morning, I want to preach a message to you about raise your voice and speak. Amen. Everybody say, I have a voice. I have a voice. And I'm going to raise my voice. I'm and I'm going to speak. See, God's given us a voice as a tool for Him. We're supposed to use our voice for the Lord. And so this is going to be a message about faith and how we can speak to things. And we're going to learn a lot from Joshua this morning. And uh, I'm going to give you a message in a message this morning. So, we're going to start off at Mark eleven twenty three. Mark eleven twenty three. Do you have good listening ears? Are you actively involved and engaged this morning? Are your hearts open and ready to receive? And when God gives you the power, don't keep it to yourself. Let it flow out of your mouth. Amen? So Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus had just cursed the fig tree. Can you imagine... The tree obeyed his voice. Can you, if you were a disciple, and you heard what Jesus said, you said, that man's crazy, he talks to trees. But then the next morning, you see the results, 
that what he said took effect. Actually, it took effect the moment he said it. But they saw the results the next day. Right? So, he used this message of the fig tree as a lesson on faith. And Jesus said in verse 23, Verily, I say unto you. How many know it's important to hear what he says? If you want to be a good speaker, you've got to hear what God speaks to you. You've got to be engaged in what God is saying to you. Amen? So the word Jesus is talking to his disciples. Let me say the word talks. Are we listening today? For verily I say unto you that whosoever, does this apply to anybody? It does. Everyone here is a whosoever. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Notice, he tells them to speak to the mountain, but he tells them specifically what to say. And and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he what? He says. Do you believe that you'll have whatever you say? Or does your heart get confused by the words you use? Alright? To say is to command, to speak, to tell. And we're supposed to say to mountains. We're supposed to ask in faith. Ask in faith is using our mouth, isn't it? James says, whoever lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, but let him ask in faith. Ask believing. Ask knowing that God has the answer. Ask according to his word. With no doubting. Everybody say, put the doubt out. Okay? Now, here's the thing. The earth responds to God's voice. Let there be light. What happened? The earth responded, and there was light. And the earth still responds to faith. Are you a people of faith? Then the earth responds to you. Okay? Having faith in God, I simplified this, is hearing God's word. Receiving, trusting in, abiding in, acting on, and speaking his word. All of those words, by the way, are actions. Amen? Are you an action figure for God? Okay? Faith is hearing, receiving, trusting in, abiding in, acting on, and speaking His Word. And we say God's Word. It is sharing His heart, having His mind, partaking in His nature, doing His will, and cooperating with Him fully and completely. 
We're not in this alone. We can't live this life of faith without God. Okay? I'm just setting you up this morning. In a good way. So we have to cooperate fully with him as he speaks, leads, guides, and directs. Did you know that our God is an interactive God? He doesn't just wind you up and watch you go. He's working there with you. You can access him anytime, anyplace, anywhere. You can get what you need from him anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Each one of us have been given a Jesus phone. Not like a bat phone, but a Jesus phone. <laughs> right? Every one of us as believers in Christ Jesus, we have a direct line to God. We can speak to Him directly through Jesus. Faith is confidence and assurance in God that nothing is too hard for Him and that He can do the impossible. Amen? Nothing's too hard for God. A strong belief in God means He is able to accomplish things that appear most difficult with infinite ease. That's according to Barnes, a commentary. Alright? So, a mountain is something that stands in the way of your progress, of you getting what you need, want, or desire. It can actually be a physical mountain too. But it's something that stands in the way. It's an obstacle. Or as Pastor Hagen would say, it's an obstacle. That's what he says. So, um, listen to this. God, Jesus rebuked the wind. Jesus spoke to Jairus' daughter who was dead and told her to raise. She did. Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus who was dead and he told the dead man to come forth after being dead for four days. And he did. Peter and John told the lame man to rise and walk. And he did. Paul told Elam as a sorcerer that he would be blind for a time. And he was. In Acts 13. Daniel told King Nebuchadnezzar that he would eat grass like a beast for a time, and he did. The woman with the issue of blood said she would be whole, and she was. The centurion told Jesus to speak the word and heal his servant, and his servant was healed. Are you seeing the pattern here? Ruth expressed faith in God to Naomi, and she was blessed and wealthy. She became wealthy because of the faith that she expressed. Because her faith met Boaz, not Brokaz. <laughs> Mordecai told Esther that she needed to speak to save her people. She did, and they were saved. The three Hebrews said that God would deliver them, and he delivered them from the fire. While they were in the fire. But all of these, and the final example that I want to share in this message within a message, is from Isaiah 38, verses 1 to 8. Hezekiah was informed, who was the king of Judah at the time, that he was going to die, so he needed to get his house in order. 
And when he heard the news, he got really uh, intense with God. Right? He said his face like flint. He began to seek God. He told God what he'd done for him. God said, okay, I'm going to add to you uh, 15 years. Alright? And verse 7 of Isaiah 38, the prophet said this, this will be a sign to you from the Lord that he will do what he promised. I will make the sun's shadow that falls on the stairway of Ahaz go back ten steps. So the sunlight went back ten steps. It had to send. Everybody say the sunlight went back. How did that all happen? It happened because they had a voice. It happened because they raised their voice and they said something. They just didn't say anything. They said what they wanted. They said what something that was in line with God's word. And what they said came to pass. What they said, they had. Is that true for us today? Let's go to the book of Joshua. Chapter 1. And let's learn how... Oh, God wants you to become a commander of faith so that he can do his will on this earth. See, Joshua was armed with God's word by studying it, meditating on it, doing it, and speaking it. He honored God's word in everything that he did. Alright? He was promoted to be God's commander. How many want to be God's commander? Or you want to be a commander for God? Amen? Is Jesus king of kings? Who are the kings he's king of? We are. What does a king do? A king issues commands. A king gives decrees. A king gives orders. A king speaks. A king uses his voice. Are you a king? It's time to start acting like a king. Amen? So Joshua was promoted to be God's commander, and he spoke with authority and power. See, to be a commander for God means you have authority and power. Yes. Has God given us authority? Yes. What happened to the 70 that Jesus sent out in Luke 10? They came back, and they, they observed something. They said, even the devils are what? Subject to us. Did you know? That if you were a, a little toe on the left foot in the body of Christ, you have authority over the enemy. If you were a thumb on your weak hand, you have authority over the enemy. Amen? Every part of the body of Christ has authority and power over the enemy. He is subject to you. You are not subject to him. So, Joshua defeated enemies by speaking God's word. Go to Joshua 1. You're, I'm sure that you're already there now. It's like, come on, preacher, where are you? We're going to read verses 1 to 9. Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass... That the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun. 
Poor Joshua didn't have any parents. No. He said a parent named none. Moses' minister. Everybody say minister. minister. Not only was jo- Joshua a soldier, he was a servant. He was a, a soldier, a son, and a servant. That's what we need to be for God. Amen? Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all the people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given unto you, excuse me, I have given unto you as I said to Moses. So God's giving him his promise. God's giving him his word. God is setting him up for success. If we only do what the word says, imagine the success we'll have. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. Can a Hittite oppose Joshua? No, God said, I've given them their land. So guess what? The Hittite can't stop you. The Canaanite can't stop you. The Jebusite, the any other kind of eye can't stop you. Amen? There's no eye that can stop you from having what God said as long as you embrace it by faith. Verse 5. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That's some authority. If you knew that there was no man that could stand against you, what could you do? If you knew that there was no man that could be in your way, what could you do? This is God giving Joshua a picture of his word of what he thought about Joshua. That's pretty powerful. Not just for a week, but all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. That means everywhere that Joshua went, he knew he couldn't fail and he knew he wouldn't be forsaken. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage, for unto, unto this people you shall divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. But in order to divide the land, you've got to conquer the land. Even though the land was given to them, they still had to go in, possess it, occupy it, amen. They had to kick out the owner that has been uh, relieved of their ownership. Well, I feel bad about the Hittites. Don't feel bad about the Hittites. God gave them plenty of time to repent, and they didn't. Right, right, right. If God, it doesn't matter what God says is yours, you take it as yours. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law. This is going to be one of the most important phrases in Joshua's life. 
How many know that we have to observe God's word to do it? God God just didn't give us a book of nice stories. Or of hard to pronounce names. Or of unique places. He gave us a book that was practical. And he wants every believer in Christ Jesus to do what he said in his book. Alright? To all the law which Moses my servant commanded you, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper whithersoever you go. Oh my goodness, as long as you're doing God's word, you can prosper anywhere. It's in God's will for you to prosper. Yes. Yes. Emphatically. Now, verse 8 is the key verse in all of this. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Say, God needs my mouth. He needs me to speak. I need to raise my voice and speak to things. You need to raise your voice and speak to things. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then, everybody say then. You'll have... See, people want to be prosperous and successful without the Word. And... There are people who are worldly that can make lots of money. But their lives are a mess. And if they don't know God, doesn't matter how much money you have, if you don't know God when you leave this earth, you're in trouble. All that money that you made isn't going to help you in that moment. Money's not a bad thing. Money's just a tool. It's a medium of exchange. Okay? So then have I not commanded you Everybody say command. You know, when God speaks to you, He doesn't issue suggestions. He doesn't ask you how you feel. He puts value in His Word that He speaks, and all He has to do is say it, and it's up to us whether or not we do it. But if you want what God says, you've got to do what He says. You can't not do what He says and expect to have what He's given. Be strong and correct and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wheresoever you go. Amen? So, here are some things that you can do with your voice. Your voice is amazing. I'm not talking about your singing voice. You know, the Bible said make a joyful noise. If you're not a singer, you can make a joyful noise. When you speak God's word and will, you exercise authority and you release God's ability. God's authority and ability come through words. Yeah, but my mouth doesn't work. Write it down. Use sign language. Amen? Come on. My goodness. Blind men follow Jesus. Read the story in John. Blind men follow him to the house. How do blind men follow him to the house? If blind men can follow him, you can communicate. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Too many people let their physical limitations hinder them. Mm-hmm. 
turn impossible circumstances into possibilities by by how you speak. Good things happen when someone who has God's word knows who they are in Christ, truly know their God, and they raise their voice and speak. God empowers your words to accomplish what you say. Jesus said you can have what you say. And you have to believe it in your heart. You know, if it's not in your heart, you can say it out of your mouth, but there's not going to be any power. So today, I want you to become a commander. Think of your name and call yourself Commander Doug. Commander Fiona. Right? You are a commander. Why? You can, you're under command and you can give commands. Become a commander for God to accomplish His will on this earth. God needs some commanders. He needs some people who will raise up, who will stand up, raise up their voice, and speak in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. See, when a commander speaks... Action is taken, things get done, and enemies are defeated. Do generals put on... Are generals normally right there in the battle? No. They're giving commands. They're giving orders. They're looking at things. They're, They're looking at it from a bird's eye view. Amen? So, when we are a commander for God, we're going to understand how we can walk in our authority. You know, we need to understand how to walk in our authority. We're all going to see this from Joshua. I'm going to give you a bird's eye view of how Joshua interacted with the Word and how his words were used to win battles. Amen? Through this, we're going to understand how to carry out God's will the way He wants it done in the earth. God, God wants His will done in heaven, or in earth, as it is in heaven. And He puts you here so that you can carry out His will. You've got to use your voice to speak God's Word. And you need to study God's Word to know His Word, to do it, so that you can speak it. So here's some things that you can do with your voice. I've just listed a few. You can bless or curse. Now, mostly these are pretty much all positive. You can praise, sing, worship, and give thanks with your voice. You can pray. You can prophesy, and you can preach, or teach, or treach, for some of you. That's teaching and preaching together. Treaching. You can confess with your mouth. Do you know in order to be saved, you've got to use your mouth? You can decree a thing. It's actually a scripture, Job twenty-two twenty-eight. 
You'll decree a thing and it'll be established for you. You can ask and answer questions. You can introduce ideas and make proposals. All this you can do with your voice. Isn't your voice amazing? It's the great, It's one of the greatest tools God gave us. You can inspire, motivate, and encourage others with your voice. You can advise and warn. And you can spread the love of God. Amen? It's time to raise our voice. Shout amen if you're going to be a person that's going to raise your voice. Amen. Was that a shout? Come on. We've got to believe it. Shout amen if you're a person that's going to raise your voice. Amen. Oh, that was more like it. I felt the power of that one. How many know when you say words, you've got to mean them? Can you imagine encountering someone, encountering someone who's possessed and say, Mr. Devil, would you mind leaving this person? Huh? Devil's going to say, Pfft. but if you say, in the name of Jesus, get out, they're going to leave. Right? All right. I've got to give you a background of Joshua so that we can understand how to be a commander and raise our voice and speak to get the victory. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 7 and 8. Deuteronomy 31, verses 7 and 8. Hallelujah to Jesus. It says this. Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, For you must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. Alright, so Moses spoke a promise to Joshua, enabling him to lead effectively. Verse 8, And the Lord, he it is that does go before you. How many know God goes before you? Right? Actually, if he's our shepherd, we're the sheep, the shepherd should be in front of the sheep. Not the sheep in front of the shepherd. And he will be with you. He will not fail you, neither forsake you, fear not, neither be dismayed. Does this not sound like the same words that God spoke himself to Joshua? In Joshua 1. Sounds just like the same thing. Amen? Moses was prophesying to Joshua. Okay? Joshua was anointed to cause Israel to inherit what God had given them. And the Lord would go before him. He would be with him. He would not leave him nor forsake him. And he doesn't have to fear nor be dismayed. You know, when you're a commander, you never are dismayed. You never like, ah, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Alright, let's go to Numbers 27. Numbers 27, verses 18 to 23. Numbers 27, verses 18 to 23. Woo, you are getting something that's so chock full today. Did you know that you can change any circumstance in life by the words you speak? 
How many got some circumstances that they'd like to see changed in their life? Maybe you're lacking something. Maybe you need something. Maybe your body is experiencing some kind of pain. Or you're distraught about something. Well, you can become a commander and you can speak to it. Amen? You can tell depression to leave. You can tell yourself that you are healed. You're not going to be. You already are. God already gave it to you. Amen? Call yourself healed. Numbers 27, 18. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand upon him. Set him before Eleazar the priest, and before all the congregation, and give him a charge in their sight. How do you charge someone up with words? With the word of God? Amen? Say, I'm getting my charge on today. Say, BCF is my charging station to my Tesla. What's a Tesla? It's an electric car. Set him before Eliezer the priest and all the congregation and give him a charge in their sight. And you shall put some of the some of your honor upon him, that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. Guess what? When you become a commander, people will obey your commands. And he shall stand before Eliezer the priest, who shall ask counsel for him after the judgment of Urim before the Lord. At his word, they shall go out. Notice, at his word. Where do words come from? They come from your mouth. Right? Make sure your words are filled with God, because then they'll be filled with power. There could be empty words, but when they're God's words, they're powerful words. At his word, they shall go out, and at his word, they shall come in, both he and all the children of Israel with him, even all the congregation. Someone say amen. Amen. So, what we learn from Joshua's life is victory comes through faith in God's obedience to his word rather than through military might or numerical superiority. Say victory. Victory. Comes through God's word. word. Not natural things. And isn't that what 1 John 4 says? This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen. Say, I have victorious faith. Glory to God. So, God told Joshua that no man's going to be able to stand before you. Now, if you're leading military campaigns, that's a good thought to have, isn't it? You know that you win before you even get to the battle. Because God promised it. God said it. God spoke it. See, your mouth has to be God's instrument. Before Christ, we let our mouth be the devil's instrument, be the flesh's instrument, be the world's instrument. But now that we come to Christ, God's very concerned about what comes out of your mouth. 
If you want to speak powerful words, you've got to be plugged into the power source. Amen? You cannot have an electrical device that has a dead battery or a frayed cord. It won't work. So, if you want to speak powerful words, you've got to make sure that your connection to God is solid. Hallelujah. You know, I could hold a scalpel in my hand, and you'd be like, don't you touch me with that. Right? But if you put it in a scalpel into the hand of a surgeon, he can fix what's wrong in your body. He knows where to cut, how to cut, what to do. Why? Because it's... He has been trained to operate that skill. Amen? So, in order to speak God's word out, you've got to store his word in your heart. That's why he told Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But what? You shall meditate in it how often? Ever say day and night. You know, we spend so many... So much time of our day on other things and not enough time with the things of God. And that's why when we speak, there's no power. It doesn't bring about change. Our power comes from the Word of God, the name of Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. So if there's no Word in your heart, there will be no power in your mouth. And you can't just touch the Bible to get it in you. You can't carry it just to get it in you. You actually got to read it and study. Study to show yourself approved of God. Oh no, I just hear it from the preacher. Well then you're missing a whole lot. You're going to speak words that have no power if you're relying on the preacher. Yes, the preacher should preach the word, right? But that's not the only way the word gets in you. That's just one way. There are many ways the word gets in you. Amen? Psalm 19.14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. I memorized that because that's a, that's a scripture that we had to say at Lee University every chapel, every week. We said it and said it, and to this day, I graduated in 96, I think it was, and I still remember it. Amen? Your heart and your mouth have to work together. What's in your heart will come out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in your heart will come out of your mouth unless you put something different in there. Right? Some of you are running on low octane, but you've got to go to high octane. You have to make God's law your law. You have to make God's law the law that rules you. Amen? What is God's law? It's the law of love. It's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Amen? There are laws that are in the New Testament. The law of love. All the law of God hangs on the law of love. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the sum total of the law. Amen? So, make God's law your rule through meditation day and night. In other words, you've got to establish a habit of consistently intaking the Word of God. You will not be a commander if you're not intaking the Word. You'll be a compromiser. Not in my notes. That's just what the Spirit of God is saying. Don't neglect God's Word. Whatever Joshua ordered, commanded, said, or did was according to God's law for his success and prosperity. We're going to see it in his life. I'm going to give you a highlight. I can't go over everything and we'd be here for a week. Joshua had to do this himself. Just because he was in a position of authority didn't automatically mean now he didn't have to study. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I study. I can't tell you how much I study. Yes, you can. (laughs) Why do I study for me and for you? Amen? I desire to see you walking in your inheritance, possessing your, His promises, and experiencing the treasure that He has hidden in His Word for you. When you walk in it, I get excited. That's what I live for. That's why I preach with such passion. That's why my aim is, I want to see you walking in the promises. I want to see you experiencing your treasure. I want to see you walking in your inheritance. I don't know of anybody else whose primary focus of preaching is inheritance. Amen? And God brought you here so that you can have His inheritance. You're a joint heir with Jesus. And they say, I'm a joint heir. Oh, come on. What He gets, you get. What He has, you have. What He can do, you can do. You are joint heir with Him. Together, you are holding what God has given you. And yes, I get excited about preaching because it's like fire in my bones. I try to be nice sometimes, but it just comes out with such force and power. Why? Because that's how it's in me. Amen? So God, Joshua had to encourage himself in this, to be an effective leader. You've got to encourage yourself with God's promises and His presence. Did you get that? You need His presence, but you also need His promises. Amen? You can't just have His presence without His promises. Why? God's a promise maker and a promise keeper. If you get His presence, you get His promises, but if you don't want the promises, you could be led astray with the presence. God never does anything apart from His Word. He abides by the Word He speaks Himself. The Bible says that God cannot lie. Why? He abides by the truth. If He were to lie, this whole universe would fall apart. 
God commanded, called, and commissioned Joshua to do to 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 do His will on the earth. And guess what? We are called, commissioned, and equipped to do His will on the earth also. Yeah. Amen? Well, that's just Joshua. Okay? So let me give you... Go to Joshua verse 7. Joshua 1, verse 7. Is it one or is it two? Let me see. It says, this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel. It might be a previous verse. Okay. All right, let's go to Joshua uh, chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. And we're going to build up to something. And I'm going to do it quickly. Amen? Are you with me? Okay. Joshua 4 and verse 1. Okay. And it came to pass, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spoke unto Joshua. You know, the main thing that the Lord did for Joshua was, he had all the people cross the Jordan on dry ground. Okay? That's when God said uh, he was going to exalt Joshua in the sight of all the people. And he told them what to do. He told them where the priest to go. He told them what the priest should do. And guess what? Joshua told everybody what the Lord told him. Okay? Alright? So, here we have, the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, alright? And he said, uh, take for yourselves, he gave him the instruction, right? Okay? And then what did Joshua do in verse 4? He said, Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan, and take up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What what do these stones mean? When you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off, Before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, when it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial. In other words, what God commanded Joshua, he told the people, he did it exactly like God said it. Say, he did it? Exactly like God said it. Can we do what God tells us? We, We have to do it exactly like he tells us. Amen? We can't depart from his word, we can't add to it, okay? You're going to see that this is a pattern from Joshua's life. God spoke, Joshua did. God spoke, Joshua did. God spoke, Joshua did. He did this over a pattern of time. He did this consistently because he was about to face a challenge where he was going to unleash his authority. Okay? Verse 15. Chapter 4, verse 15. Lord spoke to Joshua saying, 
Command the priests who bear the ark of the testimony to come up from the Jordan. Verse 17, Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, come up from the Jordan. I want you to see the, the following of the word of God. Can you see that? Okay? The Lord spoke to Joshua, and Joshua did what it said. Chapter 5, verse 2. Chapter 5, verse 2. The Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. Verse 3. Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel. The Lord spoke. Joshua did what he said. Say, the Lord spoke. Joshua did what he said. See, this is important. If you want to exercise authority, you've got to abide by authority. Okay? Alright, I'm just giving you a highlight. I have to do a whole seminar on Joshua. Alright? Um, let's go to Joshua chapter 6. Did you know that Jericho fell because Joshua commanded? He commanded them when to shout, and they didn't shout until he said shout. And when they obeyed the instruction as God gave it to him, God gave it to him, he gave it to the people. Joshua did, the people did, and God did. Alright? Joshua 6.2 The Lord said to Joshua, Now, what is the Lord doing when he is saying? He is speaking. He is speaking his word. It's the spoken word of God. Amen? God is, or Joshua is hearing God's voice directly. Okay? The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king, and the mighty men of valor. Joshua knew the city was his before he ever engaged it in battle. The battle was just a formality. To show the world that God says what he means and he means what he says. Okay? So, uh, he told the people, he said, I want you to get seven priests with seven trumpets and send the warriors out before them and let the trumpets blow and go around the city once and do that for six days. And on the seventh day, I want you to go around the city seven times. And when your trumpets blow and when the people hear the long blast, I want you to shout. And Joshua said, You'll shout when I tell you to shout. Why? Because he was a commander of God. Amen? God commissioned Joshua as a commander. He gave him authority. He gave him power. And the authority and power that he demonstrated came from what he spoke. And what happened? The trumpets blasted. The people shouted. The wall fell down. The city was taken. Just like God said, just like Joshua did. There wasn't a departure from the instruction. There wasn't an opinion interjected in the instruction. There wasn't a feeling expressed. There wasn't a disagreement with the instruction expressed by the people, by Joshua, or by anyone involved. They simply did. What God said to do, how he said to do it, and they have the results. Amen? If we simply do what God tells us to do, 
how he says to do it, will have the results that he wants us to have. Can you say amen? Amen. Alright? Joshua chapter 8. We're getting to the crescendo. Joshua 8, verses 1 and 2. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Take all the people of war with you. Arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given them into your hand, the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. God told them how to take the city. See, the first time they did it, they weren't successful because they were sinning in the camp. That Joshua didn't know. Oh, if I do this wrong thing, it's not going to affect my church. Really? Joshua lost the battle because someone decided to be greedy and covetous. That's a whole other sermon. That sermon will cause you to have an ache because it was about aching. <laughs> Painful sermon, aching. Alright? Joshua 8, 18. The Lord said to Joshua, I want you to know that Joshua is in constant communication with the Word. And the Word is in constant communication with Joshua. There's a relationship. Do we have that kind of relationship with God? Is God does God speak to us any different today than He did to Joshua? Joshua didn't even have the Spirit of God inside of him. So God had to speak to him this way. Amen? But we have God in us. Say I have God in me. So we need to become more God inside minded. Alright? 818, the Lord said, Joshua, stretch out your spear that is in your hand toward Ai, for I will give it into your hands. And Joshua stretched out the spear that was in his hand toward the city. Joshua did what God said. And if you read the story, he kept that spear stretched out until every enemy was defeated. Okay? Alright. Let's go to Joshua 10. This is the crescendo. This is where he raised his voice and he spoke and did something incredibly amazing. Amen? This was his third battle, by the way. He had developed a pattern of hearing God's word and doing what God said. Hearing God's word, doing what God said. Hearing what God, hearing God's word, doing what God said. He never departed it from it. He never added to it. He never reasoned about it. He, whatever God said, he did. Whatever God told him to do, he did. Wherever God told him to go, he went. However God said to do it, he did it. Amen? Amen? Amen. And now he gets to Joshua chapter 10. And he was in covenant with the Gibeonites. They tricked Joshua. They disguised themselves with old raggedy clothes and stale bread. And they said, we've come from a long way, Joshua. Can you help us? And Joshua helped them. But then he later discovered they were his neighbors. They were, he was supposed to conquer them. But instead he made them slaves. But they were in covenant and when you're in covenant with someone, if you mess with you, you mess with me. That's what covenant means. Right? So the Gibeonites were a great uh, group of warriors. And they were greater than Ai. Right? They, they were uh, 
they describe Gibeon as being like a royal city. Okay? And other kings didn't want the Gibeonites to rise up, so they attacked them. But they attacked Gibeon, you attacked Joshua. Right? Say, if the devil messes with someone associated with me, he messes with me. Right? And you don't want to mess with a commander. Because you will lose. Alright. Verse 8. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Did God say this before to him? Okay? How many know that God knows how to encourage us in the moment we need it most? You may be facing a new challenge, but God's got the same word that will bring the same victory. So Joshua had God's word of success and victory before the battle began. He marched all night with his troops. And God got into the battle. He was chucking stuff from heaven down on the people who attacked Gibeon. Amen? He was chucking hailstones. You know, when God's throwing things from heaven, you've got this thing won. <laughs> the Bible says God killed more people with his hail than they did with the sword. <laughs> And Joshua was fighting. He had God's word. He knew he was going to win. He knew that God had given them to him. But the sun was going down. So what are you going to do? In those days, you couldn't fight at night. It wasn't good. So Joshua got this idea that the sun is not going to hinder him from his victory. And the Bible says that Joshua spoke to the sun. He raised his voice and he spoke to it. And the Bible says God heard a man's voice. And the sun, he told the sun stand still. He told the moon stand still. I'm going to win this fight. I'm going to get this victory. I'm going to defeat my enemy. It was his words that he spoke to the sun and the moon. Read his story. The sun stopped. In its tracks. The moon stopped in its tracks so that Joshua, a man on earth, could finish the battle and defeat the enemy utterly, completely, totally, in the name of Jesus. We've got to raise our voice and we've got to speak to it. Sun stands still over Gibeon, moon in the valley of Ajalon, so the sun stood still. Everybody say the sun stood still. <laughs> Till Joshua got his revenge. Until the battle was complete. The Bible says the Lord heeded the voice of a man. Everybody say he heeds a voice. See, all God needed was a voice. He just needed someone on earth to speak, to be bold, to be brave, to be strong and courageous, to do something that no one had ever done. It's written in the Bible. It actually happened. 
It's real. Yeah. Amen? That's like moving a mountain. That's like speaking to a mountain. That's like having what you say. But see, this was not the first thing that he said and did, said and did, said and did, said and did. He established a lifestyle of not letting the word depart from his mouth. Meditating. Did you realize... That Joshua was still meditating day and night in the Word so that he could observe to do according to all that is written. Joshua went on to defeat 33 kings. The battle of Jericho, it doesn't list one Israel that was lost. When they fought Ai the second time, not one Israel light was lost. In every battle that Joshua followed God in, you look at who lost who. The enemies were utterly defeated and Israel was victorious. It doesn't say how many, oh, it was a, it was a tough fight. Uh-uh. Because then God was fighting with them. God is fighting for us. Amen? Now let me just briefly bring this to a close. Alright? 1 Samuel 2.1 I'm not going to read it, but in there, Hannah prayed and she said, my mouth boasts over my enemies. Guess what? Are you boasting over your enemies? Say this, say the enemy enemy is defeated. defeated. The enemy is stopped. stopped. Say enemy, Enemy. leave my house, leave my my body, shut up up. in the name of Jesus. I like Terry Tripp's book, Shut the Hell Up. Go to Jeremiah 1. Jeremiah 1. This is about raising your voice. Do you realize you can raise your voice from your lazy boy chair? You can raise your voice as you're sprawled out on your bed. You can raise your voice while you're driving your car. You don't have to, your body doesn't have to be in a certain position to raise your voice. I mean, after all, when a king wants to do something, what's he, he's sitting on his throne. All the king does is he speaks words. He says things, and his words cause action to be taken. Amen? He's just speaking, and things are happening. Can you see that? You can be speaking, and things are happening. Amen? I mean, my goodness, Moses raised his hands while sitting on a rock on a hill while the battle was going on. And as long as his hands were raised, the battle was won in the name of Jesus. We've got ways to fight the enemy where we don't have to actually physically be involved. You don't have to actually give the devil enough of sandwich. You can give him a word sandwich. That's how amazing and powerful our voice is. Hopefully now you find Jeremiah 1. 
verses 7 and 10. Notice this. The Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth. I say to all the young people, don't say that I'm a youth. Don't use your youthfulness as an excuse not to do what God says to do. It's time that we stop speaking our excuses and start speaking the word and loosening the bonds of the enemy. For you shall go to all whom I send you. God said, I don't care how young you are, I'm calling you. Did, did God regard Moses' excuse that he couldn't speak? No. Didn't stop God. He says, yeah, I made your mouth. I made your tongue. If it doesn't work, I can fix it. He didn't, he didn't put up with any excuse that Moses gave him. Why Moses couldn't do what God said to do. And whatever I command you, you shall, what's the next word? Speak. He made Jeremiah a commander. When you speak God's words, you show yourself a commander of God's words. Alright? Verse 8, do not be afraid of their faces. I mean, sometimes you look at people's faces when you're speaking and it tells you a whole lot. <laughs> Don't look at their faces, just speak. <laughs> For I will deliver you, says the Lord. Verse 9, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Some of our mouths need to be touched today. Isaiah's mouth was cleansed by fire. Because he realized he was a man of unclean lips until the fire of God met him. And it, the fire of God took care of all the uncleanness. Yeah. If you're, if you're a, a, a person of unclean lips, get some fire on you. Amen? Let that fire burn. He touched his mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. God put his words in our heart and in our mouth. He writes his words on our heart so that we can speak them out of our mouth. That's how faith works. That's how we can raise our voice and speak to it. Amen? Amen. Verse 10, see, I have set, I have this day set you over nations and kingdoms. If you want to change a nation, if you want to change a kingdom, it's going to be a person with a voice who speaks God's words. That's what changes nations. That's what changes kingdoms. Amen? I tell you, after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fire, and they were brought out, didn't even smell that smoke, not a hair on their head was singed. The king said, I make a decree, we're going to worship these people's gods. He changed the nation by the words that they spoke to them. They said, King, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. Our God, who we serve, will deliver us. We don't care if you're doing harder. We don't care how you make it. Our God's going to deliver us. And they said it. He did it. And they were there at the end. They changed the kingdom. They changed the kingdom. When Daniel got thrown into the lion's den, he changed the kingdom. 
The people that threw him in, they got thrown into the lions at the end. And Darius said, we're going to worship this God right here. Change the kingdom. I will say my words can influence kingdoms, can change a nation. See, God, it's true. God holds the heart of a king in his hand, but he needs people to pray. God can do miracles, but he needs people to pray. He needs people on earth to use your voice. If any two of you agree on earth as touching anything, that thing shall be done for you. When two agree and pray because they're agreeing with each other and, and the Word of God together. Here's what happens to kingdoms. To root out and to pull down. There's some kingdoms that need to be pulled down. There's some kingdoms that need to be rooted out. To destroy and to throw down. We need to put the throw down on the devil. And to build up and to plant. There's some kingdoms that need to be built up and planted. In the name of Jesus. See, I have a voice. I'm raising my voice. And I'm speaking to it. Two more things and then I'm done. So much to say. (laughs) But I've learned that you don't have to get everything out. You just get what the Holy Spirit wants to get out. I've skipped over a lot of stuff. 2 Peter 2, I'm I'm sorry, Acts 2 and Acts 5. That's it. Acts 2, 14. Acts 2, 14. This was the day of Pentecost. Peter, standing up at the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, It's time to raise your voice. It's time to speak the word of God. It's time to proclaim truth. It's time to tell the enemy to... I like what Lester Summerall said one time. He was going to a war-torn country. He had a big ship. He filled it full of cornflakes and all kinds of food and medical supplies. And he said, we're going to go to this country and we're going to tell the devil to sit down and shut up and quit fighting. Yeah. That's exactly what he said. I heard it when he said it on television. We're going to tell the devil to sit down, shut up, and quit fighting. Amen. We have the authority. We have the power. And all we have to do to exercise our authority is to speak the word of God. Yeah. <clears throat> and then Acts 5, 19 and 20. And I'm done. Whoo, you're going to have to give a revelation, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, I'm having fun. Are you getting something out of this? VCF, yeah. we can change the culture of Palmyra. Yeah. Yeah. We can change the culture of Pennsylvania. Yes. Oh, and by the way, instead of complaining about the government, be sure you vote. Well, my vote's not going to do that. You would you, you just hush. <laughs> your vote is your seed. Yeah. And you, you're, we need to use our voice to vote our values. Yeah. I don't vote for abortion. I don't vote for homosexuality. I don't vote for lawlessness. Yeah. And I'm going to use my voice to be raised up and to speak and stand up for what's right. All God wants you to do is use your voice and He'll take care of the rest. 
Acts 5, 19 and 20. This is when Peter the blind. What do you tell them? Eyes be opened. Ears be opened. Jesus told the lame man his hand was withered. And Jesus spoke to that man and said, stretch forth your hand. Boop. <laughs> Imagine what happens when we respond to the word. Miracles happen. The enemy is defeated. Blessings flow. Joy starts to percolate. Yes. Amen? Amen. Joy, 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 joy. Unspeakable. It's just got to come out like a volcano. Yes. Amen? You got some joy in there. It's got to come out like a volcano. Yes. Your joy is liquid lava of goodness. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you see something on the television, speak to it. Amen? Your voice is important to God. It's an important tool. Speak, speak to your body. Do we have evidence of Jesus talking to bodies? I say to you, arise and walk. Okay. <laughs> Man, man was lame for 35 years. Jesus walks into a church. It's not a joke, by the way. He sees a lame, he sees a woman hunched over. 18 years. What does he do? He says, Woman, thou art loosed. Okay. The spirit of infirmity left. No one else, the priest didn't know that she had a spirit of infirmity. That's how dull they are. <laughs> Pharisees had no clue that this woman was bound by a spirit of infirmity. But the word knew. The word saw the spirit right away. And he unbound. He unbound what the devil bound. The devil had to loose his grip immediately. He, the minute the word spoke, the devil could no longer hold on to that woman's body in the name of Jesus. If you need your taxes paid, hey, God said, go catch a fish. First fish you catch is going to be some stuff in its mouth. Pay the taxes, mine and yours. Why did he say the first fish? Second fish was for dinner. First fish was for taxes. <laughs> Amen? 
Read the story. For the first fish you catch. If you if you really use the word first, there's more coming. Amen? So are we at BCF? Are we going to be silent? Or are we going to raise our voice? Are we going to let something stop us that's in our way? Or are we going to speak to it and remove it? Let's stand to our feet. I hope you heard God's heart today. We are not the silent majority. We are the loud victory. Amen? We have mouths and voices that we're going to use for God. We can call things as though... We can call things that be not as though they are. We can name things. We can command things. We've been given authority and power to speak in the name of Jesus. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that I am saved. I have the life of God in me. My mind is being renewed every day. My body is strong, healed, and whole. I have no infirmity. I have no sickness that can attach itself to my house. I have spiritual disinfectants. I'm washed in the water of the Word. I'm a child of God. I am prospering. Whatever I put my hand to, it prospers. I am victorious. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Father, who loves me, 
He's my provider. He's my supplier. He's my shepherd. He's my shield and buffer. He's my protector. He's my giver of good things. I trust in him. I cannot be defeated. I will not quit. I will not stop. Doing what God wants me to do. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, when you're at home today, and an obstacle that's been hindering you comes to your mind, you speak to that mountain. You say, mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. I do not doubt. I've kicked you out. Amen? And that mountain will move. And that obstacle will be removed. And you can go forward and do what you need to do. Amen? Does this help you today? It's going to change your attitude. Because you're going to start walking in the authority and the power that God has given you when He called you to be His own. He called you to Himself. And you've answered His call. You've received His Son. And He fills you with good things. In Jesus' name. Amen. So... Go and be unstoppable. Go and be victorious. All you need is your voice. And the word of God. And the name of Jesus. And the Holy Ghost. Amen. God bless you. Have a great and wonderful week.